Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad editors, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, flights and flights of party. Rats on the west side, bit bugs uptown, what a mess, this hot tatum. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Are you with us tonight from New York? It's all happening tonight. 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. We'll have Ben Kirchival on uh, at 20 past the hour here. First up, uh, CBS Sports College football writer Ben Kirchival up first. And then at 11.03 Eastern, 8.03 Pacific, Gary Dolphin, the legendary Iowa play-by-play voice, will join us to talk about the Hawkeyes. Don't they play Michigan? Big game. Then at 11.40 East, 8.40 West, Mike Max does sports on CCO TV and radio in Minneapolis. Talking about Stefan Diggs, right? And the Twins-Yankees starting in the ALDS tomorrow in the Boogie Down Bronx. Barrios against Paxton. The Big Maple. Jets quarterback Sam Darnold says he feels ready to play but won't risk his life as he recovers from mono and an enlarged spleen. Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley is well ahead of schedule from his sprained ankle and is not ruled out for Sunday. Can you imagine if Darnold plays in that game? It changes everything. It just makes it a game, doesn't it? Like, it makes it a, they got a shot at least. I mean, with this Luke Falk guy, they're doomed. I mean, it is embarrassing. I, I don't think they have much of a shot no matter who plays. No matter who plays? I mean, they'd obviously have more of a shot if Darnold played, but I don't think they're beating the Eagles. Listen, I mean, it's simple to me. Like, here's the game plan. Like, uh, when are they going to finally get uh, on Bell, the ball, you know, 70% of the time? <laughs> Why don't they just let this guy run and throw it to him every single play? Like, what are they doing? Are they, they do nothing right. I mean, how do you have a guy that good and you just don't utilize him? I mean, honestly, even for this third-string backup hack Falk, can't they just dump the ball to Bell and let him go? I mean, can't they do anything right? I mean, honestly, I would run that guy into the ground. Remember, give me the damn ball. He wants the ball. Give it to him. Problem is everybody knows you're doing that. He's so no good. Other He's so good. He could make plays. He can, he can get yards. He can get first downs. He can score touchdowns. I don't believe it. Remember the day he had the touchdown and the two-point conversion? Why don't they do more of that? Honest to God. So, tonight, 
Great game going on in Seattle right now in the rain. Seahawks lead at the start now of the third quarter, 14-13 over the Rams. The Rams scored late. Cooper Cup, a nine-yard TD catch after the Seahawks had missed a field goal, giving the Rams life and good field position, and they went down and struck for gold and made it a one-point game. They were getting their ass beat in this game. They were up 6 nothing, but gave up 14 straight unanswered. And then uh, you thought Carroll screwed it up. I thought Carroll completely put the Rams back in the game at the end of the half. There was like a minute and a half to go. Seahawks had a fourth and less than a yard around their Ram 35-yard line. Just go for it. Keep the ball. He tries this 50-plus-yard field goal, misses, gives the Rams a short field. They go down and get a touchdown. Now they get the ball to start the second half. He gave the Rams, who looked absolutely dead, a lot of momentum. Uh, just silly by Carroll. Did you just see that throw to Gurley, how he drops that ball, like, all alone? All, literally all alone. You got to make that catch. Honestly. Seahawks lead at 14-13. A good one going on. Seahawks have the ball at the start of the third quarter. Second and 10 after Gurley man's drop ball. That guy is clearly... is he not? He's not the same, is he? What has happened to that guy? Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's got 38 yards on nine carries. And then he's got uh, two receptions. He just dropped one. But they're getting a first down here. Oh, and he breaks free. Look out. Oh, wow. You got to like that effort right there. That guy got 20 yards after the fact. A lot of extra that yards was a huge, by Everett. Huge uh, pickup there. Bad tackling by the Seahawks all around right on this play. Right? This whole game has changed. Three guys missed him there. Yeah, but this game's got but forever. You were, right, you were right, though, about Gurley. I feel like even though nine touches for him in a half, that seems like a lot for what he's been getting, right? I guess. Like last week, they barely gave him the ball. Oh, don't tell me. Cup's looking at his leg. His knee is operated on knee. Did you see that? Can't have that because when he went out last year, that's when everything changed for that offense. Yeah. College football tonight, believe it or not, there's two lousy games. South Alabama leads Georgia Southern with six minutes left, 14-10. And Temple leads East Carolina, 7.50 left in the third, 17-10 there. 14-10 South Alabama, Temple 17-10 leading both of those games. So as for baseball, the Dodgers did not do anything with the runners on the corners, so they left them stranded with nobody out. And uh, they lead one nothing in the fifth. It's a good game, right? Bueller against Corbin in game one of the National League Division Series. Now, look. The other game, it's the same old story. It is so unbelievable to me. I, I cannot express enough how the St. Louis Cardinals just never lose. Have you ever noticed? I mean, I, honest to God, they could be the most average team in the world. They could be, if they get into the playoffs as a wild card or as a division winner or whatever, no matter what, they'll be like complete underdogs, right? And no one respects them at all. And for days I've been saying to you, they never lose. Did I not say that to uh, Dale Murphy last night? You I agree a thousand percent with you. They never lose. Whenever they get, whenever they're in, it seems like they always go to at least the LCS. They're going to beat this team, and then they're going to beat the Dodgers. And now they have their ace on the mound tomorrow. They got Flaherty on the hill tomorrow. Do they even have an ace? It doesn't even matter Flaherty's if they if for the, their best pitcher. The water boy could be pitching, and they'd find a way to win. Did you see how they won that game today? It was they were down three one. They scored two to tie it, and then in the ninth inning, they scored four runs. 
and then almost yacked it back up in the bottom. Almost don't count. They won. They they, they gave up a two-run homer and a home run. Uh, you know, two home runs. They still won. 7-6, game over. And I'll tell you what. Did you not get the feeling tonight that that series was over after one game? They went in there and won. They get two games at home still, and they don't lose those. I could see that. Uh, they never lose that team. It is unbelievable. 11 world championships. Is that right? Gurley with the touchdown. You were right about that, Carver Heidel. March down the field and score. He's blaming everything on the rain and Pete Carroll at this point. So uh, there you go. Cards win. Take game one. Huge win. And Flaherty on the mound tomorrow for him. Didn't they say that, that Max uh, Freed is pitching or whatever? And then they're going with the other guy in game three on the road. Soroka. All right. So there you go. 855-212-4CBS is the number. Ben Kirchival is up first on a bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS gets you on the bench. Let's talk a little college football with Ben Kirchival from CBS Sports. He's back on the mahogany waxing up. How you been, Ben? Been great, Scotty. How about you? I'm good. So I wanted to start with like these uh, games that you wrote about and and do those, and then I'll ask you some of mine. All right? Um, yes, sir. Let's start with that uh, Utah State LSU game because I I am interested in that game. That number went from 25 to 28. Bottom line is is that I get it. Uh, LSU's loaded, uh, more talented, more athletic, more everything. But Utah State is a decent football team. I mean, legitimately decent, and they mean business. They have the same record. I know they don't play the same type of schedule, but, I mean, giving them four touchdowns, I mean, seriously, that's a decent team. Do you think LSU blows them out by, like, you know, 29, 30, 35 points? Seriously? Yeah, yeah that's a lot, especially given, too, that I think this is a classic look-ahead game with Florida coming up next week. Um, Utah State, like you said, not the type of team – you can sleep on. I think if you even dive further into it, Jordan Love is their quarterback. And this is a kid who, if he's not on people's radar yet, he needs to be. Um, he doesn't play in a power conference, so not, he's not a household name to a lot of people. But for the past year or so, I mean, he's really been tearing it up. Uh, he was wiped out last year. He's been, you know, g- good this year. It's um, six touchdowns through four games. Uh, second in the Mountain West in total yards uh, per game that he uh, averages over 300. Uh, big kid, too, 6'4", 225, good arm, uh, good receivers to throw to. And they play a style of offense that is similar to LSU's in terms of the tempo that they use. Um, I think with the, the injuries that LSU has on defense, especially up front, uh, you're talking about another team that wants to run tempo. That makes it harder to get in and out of personnel shifts. You've got to be comfortable with what you have on the field defensively. Right. Utah State is able to uh, exploit other power conference teams. They took away force to the wire uh, in week one this year. So, like you said, I think I, I, our line on that one when we first did it was maybe like 25 and a half. You said it's jumped up to about four touchdowns. That is an awful lot. Uh, to give LSU there. I think LSU wins that game. They might even win it comfortably by like, you know, 20, 21 points. 
I, I would not take them to cover in this game. You even like the uh, Aggies at 26 and a half is what you uh, had yeah. on here. So, listen, I love the, no pun intended, the kid love. Uh, he's huge. And, you know, uh, I think he's got some liabilities. The offense isn't that great, like who he's throwing to, et cetera. But I agree with you that he's exciting uh, to watch play, and maybe he'll make a game of it. Uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. By the way, I wanted to mention one other thing. You mentioned the weight game. Can you even believe that the Deacon team's 5-0? and Actually, I can. Dave Clawson is low-key like one of the best coaches in the country. They they are Scotty nine and one, I think, in their last like ten games or something like that. I mean, or, or or something like that away from home. He's been very very good dating back in the last year. Um, Jamie New, uh, Newman is a quarterback. Uh, ever since they really went with him, I mean, he's been taken over. He's another, he's another big kid too, and they they love sort of that really slow mesh zone read look with him. And then they've just got receivers for days. That offense has just been operating at a really high level over the past couple of years. And they just churn out like, you know, borderline NFL quality wide receivers uh, with good quarterback play. You know, when we, when, in the ACC, we know Clemson's the best team. And, and so there's sort of this debate more, of, okay, well, who's that number two? Is it Virginia? Is it somebody else? I think Wake absolutely has a has a case to be that number two. Case. So, uh, Ben Kirchival with us. Uh, I like that Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game in Lubbock. Uh, Jed Duffy, we'll see what he can do now. They're at home, and uh, they got size. You wrote about it on their, uh, you know, outside. They can throw the ball up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they have a shot against Oklahoma State, a team that's 4-1, and one, Tech's 2-2? Two and two, But I think that game, you know, being at home, I think it makes it very interesting. And, and Oklahoma State's laying double digits. Yeah, you know, Texas Tech, that, that Lubbock magic that has always sort of been associated with them at home, it's, it's been gone in more recent years, but they've played better at home. And I think giving Jet Duffy practice with the ones this week, he's a more mobile guy. It makes it a little bit harder for defenses to defend on both of those aspects of it. And, uh, look, he, he's got some skill. He's just never been the full-time starter. Uh, that length down the field, um, is, is really going to be key for them. The thing is, is Oklahoma State has some physical cornerbacks, so I think there's going to be a lot of 50-50 balls that they have to win, uh, some tight windows that they're going to have to some, get some victories on. The big thing, though, for me, is if Texas Tech is going to have a chance to win this game, it's actually, this is probably the liability part of it, is it's actually going to have to come on defense because Chuba Hubbard is the best running back in college football that maybe nobody's talking about right now. He leads the country in total yards. He's not going to put up the Barry Sanders individual numbers from his Heisman winning year, but man, he's going to put up a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. He's a future, probably two contract NFL guy and Texas tech, not a great defense, especially not against the run. But we think about Oklahoma state as this, you know, throw it around, throw a bunch of passes, wide open offense. Mike Gundy has really fallen in love with Hubbard as running back. I, I think if Oklahoma State's going to come out, survive and advance on the road, he's that type of grinder, third, fourth quarter guy you want to let it ride with. So you like uh, Boston College on the road at Louisville? I, I do. This is this was one of those weird things for me because Boston College is coming off that really bad loss to Kansas. It wasn't just that they lost to Kansas. I mean, they got annihilated by Kansas. But the big thing for Boston College this year, I think part of the reason why you're seeing them taking that step back, they don't have that pass rush. They lost Zach Allen from a year ago. Uh, they really took some, some big hits along that defensive line. But Louisville's they're really more of a run-heavy team. They're not a passing team. 
And very quietly, I, I don't think the numbers suggest that they are that far apart from one another, even though, you know, Louisville would be favored in this game by about a touchdown. I think Boston College defensively has started to play better. We mentioned Wake a little bit earlier in the segment. Uh, they lost last week to Demon Deacons, but it was really close, and they played about three really good quarters of defense. I think you get uh, A.J. Dillon uh, in that backfield. They have another guy that they're very comfortable with, too. Ground and pound. I, I think BC grinds out one of those really ugly, maybe like two, three point wins on the road. Minnesota's undefeated. They're at home against Illinois, but all their games have been tight. And you think Illinois is going to cover that big number? Yeah, I, I do. Minnesota, four zero. But I, you know, they're one of those teams, Scotty, where you know the line sometimes between like one and three and four and zero is like really small. That that to me is what Minnesota is. The line between for them being a possibly like six and six team and nine and three team is re- the margin is so thin for them. And, uh, and you know, for, I think one thing that Illinois has done really well this year is they've created a lot of uh, chaos havoc in the backfield. Uh, their, their defensive front is really formidable. They get into the backfield and you're going against the Minnesota offense that, you know, I think has put up some good numbers against some lesser defenses, but I think against a conference division, the divisional opponent, no less, I think Illinois is going to have some success with this. If this were in Champaign, I would be tempted to take Illinois straight up. But I think if you give me a two-touchdown dog uh, against uh, Minnesota on the road, I think Illinois has got the defense to cover that. You're taking the Beavers at the Rose Bowl against UCLA because after UCLA had that upset of Washington State, uh, they really kind of uh, – I mean, it was bad against Arizona. Yeah. They blew the end of that game. Yeah, they really did. And, you know, I, you go back to that Washington State game where, they, where UCLA won. They scored 50 second-half points. Well, you know how that happened? Because Washington State turned the ball over six times and gave away two special teams touchdowns. I mean, that, that is how you lose a game every single time. And when you look at UCLA's body of work outside of those final, not even 30 minutes, final 18 minutes, the reality is – is they haven't been any better. They haven't been improved at all. And now you're bringing uh, a, an Oregon State rushing offense into this game that is really formidable, a little bit banged up, but I think on the bend. And they can run the ball. And, and you're going putting that against a UCLA defense that hasn't really you know, proved that it can do a whole lot. I certainly don't trust that Chip Kelly offense that it's turned a corner yet. So I, I, to me, that's one of those plays where even though Oregon State is, is not a very good football team. I think they've been much improved from a year ago. The winds just haven't fallen. I, I think the Beavers straight up at UCLA is actually probably a, a little bit on the safer side if you want to take a dog. Ben Kirchival with us from CBS Sports. I got to ask you, uh, Tennessee, you wrote about Fulmer is not going to go down on the sideline and coach, and that he believes in Pruitt. I got to tell you, on this show, I've said many times, Ron in Knoxville, I've said it over and over. At this point, it's been such a disaster what's gone on in Knoxville with everything with their football program. It's been so embarrassing uh, with the, uh, you know, going through like 11 names for the coach. I mean, it was so bad. And and in my view, they shouldn't change anything. They should just for once, even if they're losing, just stick with this guy through thick and thin because their constant change, I think, is only making it worse. And I agree that they should keep him in that job and not have – Phil Fulmer come down. I, I brought it up. Should Phil Fulmer uh, get back into coaching? And I think the answer is no. And you, and you believe that as well? Well, yeah. And I would also say this. You mentioned the constant turnover. You know, if you tally up bad hires 
and we'll find out if, if, if Pruitt is a bad hire for Tennessee in, you know, in time. But if you add up bad hires, those sit your program so much further back than a good hire can propel you. And now Tennessee's gone on two, three, you know, hires in a row where it just hasn't worked out. But every time you make that change after two years, three years, you've hit the reset button for another three to four, maybe even five years before you're able to get back to where you even want to get again. So just because you you have that turnover, it doesn't always mean that it's, it's going to be better the next time. It's easy to fire the guy. Getting the next one who's actually going to be able to do something for you is much harder. And I will say this for Pruitt. He's recruiting well. They're, they are very young. I think they have some really good freshmen that are going to do some nice things for them in a couple of years. They don't have a quarterback right now. They're in, in a division that is now dominated by Georgia and Florida. It's, it's going to take them four years before they're able to get back to where they're even close to where they want to be. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think you got to stick with Pruitt. I don't know if he's the long-term answer, but you, you, you have to give him a fair shake. This, this one-and-a-half-and-done – not going to do it for you. Yeah, and they'll probably get their ass beat by Georgia, I would think. And then who do you like yeah. in that uh, Michigan State-Ohio State game in Columbus under the lights? Oh, Ohio State. Just going mean, to no problem, lay the 20? Yeah, I'll, I'll lay the 20 on that one. I, You know, their, their defense is so good. Chase Young, I think, is the best player in college football, offense or defense. I, I think he's the best player. They have more first-round guys in that defensive secondary Justin Fields has been everything that I think people wanted him to be. They have wide receivers for days, good running back, good line play. Michigan State has a really hard time blocking. Michigan State's best hope is that Ohio State plays down, and then when they use tempo with offense, I think Michigan State can have some success. But you're going to tell me that Spartans haven't been able to block anybody for four years. You're going to put them up against Chase Young on the road? No. I think I'm going to take Ohio State. You're the man, Ben. Great stuff as always. It's good having you on the bench. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio. Enjoy the games this weekend. All right, take care, Scott. All right, Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports College football writer. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the number, 4227, uh, to get on the bench. Another huge week of winners. Pharrellonthebench.com keeps raking for you all the best college and pro picks. Baseball through the World Series, boxing, MMA, all the best fights. Hockey has started every game, every night. Everything that's on the board, it's all happening daily. PharrellOnTheBench.com, best choices, best price. About to get better, too. The site is changing in a couple of weeks. You're going to be freaked out when you see it. It's kick-ass, and I've been on fire lately. Last week, NFL, 71% spreads. I've had a 79, a 77, a 62, and a uh, 71 in the four weeks of of picks and back-to-back 64% weeks in college football, including hitting my top five last week. Sign up, hide the money from your wife, PharrellOnTheBench.com. All right, two nothing Dodgers, and they're in the bottom of the six. Dodgers at bat, one out, and then the Rams just answered the Seahawks score. What happened there, uh, Carver High? The Seahawks uh, went down and got a touchdown, and then they got the ball and moved right down the field and and, uh, did it again, Gurley. Rams went right down the field afterwards. Big play 75 yards. 75 yards in five plays. They did not give them that two-point conversion after the review. They saw that Goff was uh, down before he put the ball across. So five-point game now. 
It's a wild game. Right? Like, it's uh, just back and forth now. Remember it was 6 nothing, and then, what was it, uh, 14-6? Yeah, and 14-6 since, with about a minute left in the first half. And then it just went crazy. Now, all of a sudden, it's like a really good game. By the way, the um, college games, I was looking at them. The one game was in overtime, and the last time I checked, it was uh, 17 apiece in overtime, and then with 11 minutes left, Temple up 24-10 at East Carolina, and that's in the fourth quarter, so all that's happening. We already told you the Cardinals won against the Braves, and the Dodgers, as I mentioned, are up 2-0. Uh, they, got, uh, they had a, a guy thrown out at the plate, on a slide, play at the plate, and the Nats made the play. They had an error at first base, but uh, they got him at home plate, right? So, I mean, it's all crazy tonight. This football game is certainly wild, and here's Russell Wilson doing his magic again. He really is incredible. You just cannot, I mean, you know, if you're if you're me or anybody else that's on, like, thinking this game's over, you're imagining things because this guy... He's down five, right? He's got the ball. It, you just can't stop him. I mean, he just he's the entire game, 60 minutes. You, you just cannot let up. He's just going to burn you. If you don't pressure this guy and get on him, he will annihilate you. It really is unbelievable. We were talking about him last night, right? 17-2 and two this team in primetime since 2010. 8-1 on Thursday night games. I mean, it is crazy. That, that to me is like, I don't like trends. I'm not a trend guy. Look at this guy breaking free. They're going to get him for holding, though. He just gained, he just ran 50 yards to gain four yards, right? He went all the way to the left and then came all the way back to the right. He gained about four yards. But you can't tell me there's not holding on that play, right? After all that drama, of course it's holding. Meanwhile, he's exhausted. But this guy, uh, Wilson, is truly unbelievable. You watch him play, and uh, he's crazy. He's, he's 220 yards already, 12-yard average, three touchdowns, sacked once, a 157.5 rating. He really is unbelievable. Goff's thrown for 209, a 7.5 average with a TD, and a 95.7 rating. What do you think when you watch this guy, Wilson? Uh, I mean... <laughs> It's just like he'll drag you out. He'll just, I mean, you were, you're just chasing him all night. You got to be exhausted by the time it's over. He reminds me of like a better, I swear to God, like a better Fran Tarkington. You know what I mean? You couldn't catch Tarkington. He was all over the place. And then he'd make the throw. He had a, he had a great slingshot arm, right? The guy would make these crazy throws after scrambling. He was the best scrambling quarterback you ever saw. This guy, Wilson, scrambles around, and he'll, he'll pitch the ball behind him, throw it out in front of him. They're always giving all the credit to this Mahomes. He gets all the credit. I mean, there's no, they don't ever talk about anybody else. It's the flavor of the month. It's, it's whoever's the hottest guy, the MVP, he gets all the attention. Meanwhile, this other guy, he does the exact same things, and he's won a Super Bowl. And he's played in two Super Bowls. And this other kid, uh, you know, had an AFC title game. I won't deny he's good. But he had an AFC title game in his home, home uh, building and, and couldn't get it done. Now, granted, he was playing the Patriots, which is a nightmare for anybody. But this guy's better. I'm telling you, he's got, like, his resume. What, six Pro Bowls and a Super Bowl ring? Well, it's over. You can't say anything about him. He's already a rock star. He is. I think he's one of the, the five best. I'd put him right there.
I mean, it is crazy watching him. Like, I, it really. He makes something out of nothing. Right. It's like all enter- the time. he's like entertaining to watch. Right. It's like he's, watching. He, if you go by entertaining to watch, he could be at the top. I mean, in terms right. of fun guys to watch. Do you remember watching Johnny football play at Texas A and M? Right. That was fun. Like watching him play football was like fun, right? When he was sober and young and oh, playing. It's Heisman year, absolutely. I mean, he was all over the place, and it was just a blast watching him. Look at this guy throwing touchdown. Look at this. Did you see that pass? It's a great throw. Oh my God, this pass is unbelievable. He just drags everybody to sleep and then throws a beauty. I mean, he is crucifying this Rams defense like no other. They have no chance to win this game. I don't see how they win because this guy's just going to keep scoring every time he touches the ball. Every time he touches the ball, he scores. It is, you, did it you is, see this pass? And that's pass interference, too, all yeah, over the he's place. All over him. The last seven quarters for the Rams defense has been pretty bad considering what Tampa did to them on Sunday. First three quarters They're here terrible. against Seattle. They are terrible. You cannot deny that all we ever hear about is how great, you know, Aaron Donald is with his two tackles tonight. All we ever hear about is how great he is. Meanwhile, they can't stop anything. Well, they, can't, they can't stop any play at all. I think all the back end's a problem. I think their cornerbacks, their secondary is all shot. I mean, these guys are older. Some of them, I think they don't have much left because the front seven's getting there. They're getting pressure. You see Wilson have to scramble on that one touchdown pass that he threw that was just sick to the corner. He thought he was going to throw it away, but he just nails the guy. Uh, so you just think their secondary sucks? I think their secondary sucks. I think their front seven's getting the pressure and making him work, and he's just making incredible plays out of nothing. I mean, we saw that. The, Evans won last week where they just completely burned Peters. I mean, they're uh, uh, Peters. Uh, Tlaib. Yeah, obviously, Tlaib. Tlaib's the one who just got burned there by Penny on that one. Weddle, Johnson the third. They're all, uh, they're secondary. It's a disaster, right? I mean, my God. I mean, literally, I'm sitting here watching this game, and they can't stop anything. I mean, they, what have they stopped? And Have they stopped any drive at all or any play? Oh, they stopped him on the fourth down, right? Or they kicked the field goal. So they forced him to kick the field goal, and they missed it. But they have literally, in my view, they have not stopped them at all, right? I mean, what do you need to know? This will be, what, uh, the end of the quarter right there, right? So they'll score here in the fourth. They'll have scored a touchdown in every quarter. They're just seven, 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 sevens. They're rolling sevens. And the guy's scoring every time he touches the ball because the Rams' defense is atrocious, I'm done listening to anybody tell me that this guy's a genius, this coach. It's so funny to me. No one's a genius, all right? Bill Belichick, that's it. I'm done listening to, you know, he's smarter than all of us, and, and he's just so sophisticated, and he's he's remembered every play that ever uh, ran in the history of football and all this other nonsense. He's doing a great job coaching that defense, too. And uh, Wade Phillips, isn't he the defensive coordinator? What has happened to that defense? Honestly, they are like butter. I mean, they cannot do anything to stop this guy, Wilson, at all. Like, I'm sitting watching going, what, what is going on here? It's every play they gain 20 yards. I mean, it's atrocious. It really is. So, you know, the uh, Auburn-Florida game is the another big game on, on Saturday. And it's just that simple. Uh, this guy, uh, Bo Nix, has been really good. This football team... 
Uh, you know, everybody, it's always the same thing. It's Alabama and Clemson. That's all anybody ever talks about, right? As Clemson's hanging by a thread last week in Chapel Hill, and they could barely win that game. I'll give them the win, but it was ugly, right? They couldn't, they couldn't get rid of uh, North Carolina. Do you remember how bad North Carolina was before they brought back Mac Brown? I mean, that's how bad they are. To go from that atrocity to, you know, giving Clemson fits, I mean, Mac Brown's already earned his money. So here's the deal. Clemson didn't take him seriously. All we ever hear about is Clemson. This Auburn team is no joke any more than that LSU team is, right? They're, those two teams and Ohio State can flat-out ball, right? And without a doubt, and so can Oklahoma. So I think it's wide open. It's crazy. I think it's inevitable. I'd actually like, I'd pay to see them lose. I would. I want to see these teams lose. All of them. Clemson, Alabama. I want to see them all lose. In fact, I, I, I live for it. In fact, I have nothing better to do than pray for it. You know, it would make it so much more interesting, wouldn't it? The arguing going down the stretch of all of them, even Oklahoma. Let's say Texas beat them in the Red River. Right. And then uh, and all these good teams, let's say, yes, hypothetically, let's say Michigan State were to upset Ohio State and Columbus. I don't think that's happening. But let's say it did. Wouldn't it make it better if all of them lost a game? And, and then you'd really have some arguing going on. Who would get in? It would be really out of control. That's for sure. Here's this guy running for a first down. I, what are they going to call there? They're calling a flag. I don't know what the flag is, but you're allowed to hit him diving out of bounds. I'll tell you that much. You can hit Wilson there. He's running. He's a runner. All this candy-ass stuff you can't hit quarterbacks has got to stop. This is a legit hit. There's nothing wrong with this hit. This is the way to tackle now in the NFL, right? That's what they teach at the uh, Pop Warner all the way through college. He took him out with his body, and he turned his shoulder, and his head wasn't part of the play. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with the hit. They called that on the Seahawks. Holding on, on Seattle there. There you go. Good game up in the Northwest tonight. Right now, Rams holding on by five, but the Seahawks are in the red zone. 855-212-4 CBS to get on the bench. Iowa play-by-play legend Gary Dolphin on the bench next to talk about the Hawkeyes and Wolverines in Ann Arbor. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.